Welcome to Holy Trinity Catholic Church from Beaverton, Oregon. Good morning. Happy New Year. My favorite joke about heaven goes like this. St. Peter was bringing a newcomer into heaven, showing him around, and they were walking down the halls of heaven with one room after another of people laughing and eating and having a good time. And then they come to one room that has the door closed with no window in it. And the newcomer asks Peter, how come that door's closed? What's in there? And he said, oh, he said, those are the Catholics. They think they're the only ones up here. This Feast of the Epiphany is all about God's universal plan for salvation. It's hard for us to understand how significant that is, and especially was for the Israelite people, who felt that they were the exclusive recipients of all of these promises. The three kings, or however many kings there were that came and recognized Jesus as the Messiah, they were outsiders, they were foreigners, they were pagans. The readings from, that we had from Paul today said Gentiles, those were the heathens, the pagans, Gentiles are now saved along with the Israelites. We cannot overestimate how shocking that would have been for people at that time, and for many of them, how repulsive that would have been, because they felt they were the exclusive people that were being saved by God. So all are welcome is this whole message of Epiphany. And that has a couple of huge implications for us in our lives. I'm gonna talk about two today. The implications for us personally and the implications for us as a church. So first, when we talk about the implications for us individually of God's universal salvation for each and every person, his desire to draw people, every person, into his embrace, too often, we confuse Santa Claus with Jesus Christ. Let me tell you what I mean by that. Listen to these words from a well-known Christmas song. I'm not going to sing it, but Mark and Ken and the choir are going to do it as a communion meditation for us. They're not. You better watch out. You better not cry. You better not pout. I'm telling you why. Santa Claus is coming to town. He's making a list. He's checking it twice. He's going to find out who's naughty or nice. Santa Claus is coming to town. Familiar? Familiar? Yes. Thank you. Good. Contrast the understanding of that song about having to be good if you're going to get presents from Santa Claus, which many of us grew up with, to these words from the evangelist Brennan Manning that I really like. You do not need to change, grow, or be good to be loved by God. But because you are loved by God, you want to change and grow and be good. You see the difference in the order there? Let me say it again. You do not need to change, grow, or be good to be loved by God. But because you are loved by God, you want to change and grow and be good. The nuance in that is really, really important, and way too often it's distorted, that we think somehow we need to earn God's favor, we need to do something that makes us worthy of God's love. It's already there, absolute and complete. And as we learn to accept that in our lives, 
it gives us the power to make the changes that we need to make in our lives, but not the other way around. Very, very important. Most of us, many of us, were brought up with a different understanding of that that distorts the fundamental good news of Christianity in a really horrible way. You know I have a cat named Sammy. Sammy adores me. He really likes me. He wants to be on my lap. He'll be waiting in the window when I get home, when I walk back home. He even comes in the bathroom when I take a shower and waits at the shower door. I mean, he loves me. I think one of the reasons we're so attracted to our pets is because they show a kind of love that ultimately mirrors God's kind of love for us, a kind of love that is really unconnected to our character faults or our flaws or our little blow-ups and all of that. They just love us, especially when they're hungry. <laughs> so there's nothing we can do to earn or merit or somehow be worthy of God's love. It's already there 100% and complete. Right? That's my first point. Second point, what that means for us is church. Church is meant to be a sacrament, which means a visible sign of God's presence and God's love. That means we, as church, we're not a part of an honor society. We're not here because we've got it figured out, because we've achieved some great status of holiness that means we've already arrived. But instead, we're here encountering Jesus Christ and allowing him to make those changes in our lives. And none of us are complete. I've told you before, I can look out at any one of our masses. I've never once seen anyone sprout wings or a halo. Never once. And you've never once seen me in a halo or wings. And you're not gonna, because I need a savior, and I know that. So this is not a community of people who've got it all figured out. Instead, it's a community of people who are experiencing the power and the presence of Jesus Christ in all that that means. That's incredibly important for us folks so that we don't get this sense that we're somehow an exclusive group that had this all figured out. And what that's gonna mean is that we have to learn to live with a kind of tension, a kind of dynamic tension, because we gather here and we truly believe all are welcome. If we're gonna be true to the mission of Jesus Christ, we have to remember that Jesus reached out to those who were most vulnerable, those who were most rejected in his own society, those who were most on the margins, and he welcomed them and befriended them and valued them and treasured them. So for the church, as our lo local parish or a universal church of any denomination, if we're gonna be true to the mission of Jesus Christ, that doesn't mean we cave into being politically correct but it means that we especially reach out with kindness and welcome to any group that's marginalized in our society. That could include undocumented persons. It could include LGBTQ community, people struggling with gender identity. All of those things that sometimes are so politically loaded, the church, the mission of the church is to be reaching out to each and every person. And the basis for that is this the dignity of every human being, based not on being male or female or slave or free person or whatever country they come from or whatever color their skin is, whatever economic class they're at, but because they're made in the image and likeness of Jesus Christ.
That's every person. That's the fundamental dignity we all share with every person in humanity that Jesus is seeking to save and to draw into his eternal embrace. Our society has shallowed that too much by trying to focus so much on externals. When we look more deeply than that in the church and we say, no, your fundamental dignity is not about your gender. It's not about your sexual orientation. It's not about your, your status in any way. It's about being a child of God. That's what we hold on to. And that's the implication of this Feast of Epiphany that each and every person has immense value. It doesn't mean that we don't agree sometimes to respectfully disagree with someone's position, with someone's attitude, even with their behavior. But we do that recognizing that at the core, they are a child of God. So let me share on a more personal level. I begin each day early in the morning, and as a part of my morning prayer time, I take time every day to allow myself to get down to what I call kind of the core level, where I accept that I am loved by God, that God knows me personally and loves me. One of my favorite writers, uh, Ron Rollheiser, says that our prayer doesn't get off the ground until we get quieted enough to hear our name being called like this, Dave, I love you, in the silence of our hearts. I do that every day because I doubt it every day. I have to reinforce that. I have my own level of shame that I have to overcome and realize that God's love for me, he sees way into the core of my being. And sometimes it takes a while for me to just sit with that and get to the point where I say, all right, all right, all right, all right, thank you. And it makes all the difference in the world when we get rooted into that in the way we then treat others. I'm a way more compassionate and less judgmental person because I take time daily to allow God's love to permeate my life. And I know from personal experience that the times I don't settle into that fundamental rootedness, I'm much more critical of others, much more critical of myself, much more critical of life itself. So, in front of you this morning, on this third day of 2021, as your pastor, I don't think there's anything more important I can say to you going into this new year than to urge you to take time every day to quiet down, to listen into your heart, to allow Jesus to speak those words to each one of us. I love you. I'm very fond of you. I value you. I treasure you. And to allow that, then, to be the foundation for how we live our lives. So I'd like to suggest that we pause for a moment right now and just sit with that. Take a moment. Hear in the quiet of your heart Jesus saying your name and telling you that he loves you. And just allow that to permeate deep within your heart and ultimately through your actions.
Thank you for joining us. You can learn more on our parish website at h-t.org. We hope that you will subscribe to our YouTube channel or try and join us for Mass if you're local. Again, all the information will be on h-t.org.